Carnival Row is a neo-noir fantasy series that takes place in a Victorian-inspired city called The Burg. It stars Orlando Bloom and Clara Delevingne, as well as a diverse cast who portray both humans and mythological creatures. The show was developed by Renee Echevarria and Travis Beecham for Amazon Prime. It took over three years to complete this second season, which dropped its first two episodes on February 17th. They're titled Fight or Flight and New Dawn. On this podcast, we like to discuss the latest installments of a different series every show. Welcome to today's episode. So you watched the pilot, you watched the first two episodes of this season. I assume you're kind of confused because this is a complex show, but I was wondering if you know how it was made. No, I have no idea. So let's start off with a game called How Did This Get Made? Like the podcast, right? (laughs) Okay. All right. So I have four choices here and one of them is true. Ready? In 2013, Amazon began its pilot test program that allowed viewers to watch and vote for pilots. Uh, for potential new shows. The Man in the High Castle was one of the first shows greenlit using this method, and in 2015, Carnival Row was the last since the program actually concluded in 2018. Mm -hmm. That's the first option. The second one is that this was originally pitched as a soap opera, but in hell. (laughs) Okay. The third one is originally the subject of a fierce bidding war as a movie spec script with Guillermo del Toro attached to direct Legendary Studios ultimately won the rights which was then acquired by Amazon. All right. And then the fourth one, C.S. Lewis of Narnia fame, wrote a novel called A Killing of Fairytown back in the 40s. The book has little to do with this show, as there are no humans in it, but the detective is a mouse in the book, (laughs) and none of the characters share the same names as their TV counterparts. Okay. So do you want me to run down them real quick again? We got the pilot test uh, screening by Amazon that took place in like 2014, 2015. That's when it was originally greenlit. And the second option is that this was originally pitched as a soap opera in hell. The third one is that it was subject of a fierce bidding war with Guillermo del Toro originally attached. And the fourth one was C.S. Lewis uh, wrote a book that this is based off. I hope to get this right because I know that I've gotten them wrong like in the past No, couple. it's okay. Like, I, will, are... I will go with the Guillermo del Toro one because this does seem like a show that he could easily um, make. Well, not as a show. Originally, it was supposed to be a movie, A movie, right? yeah, a movie as well. I'm just saying the source material follows a lot of his like actual work. So I'll go him, with Guillermo del Toro. Him, along with a couple other notable directors were pitched on this series and he was attached to it at one time. That is correct. Okay. The, the one that I found interesting, though, is that the man in the high castle the way that that had been created this feels very much like a series that because it wouldn't be produced very many other places because of how strange it is yeah well also the budget that maybe yeah that maybe it was because of like uh, potential fans wanted to see something like this made but it wasn't that's not how it was made uh beecham actually had been plotting this world out uh, one of the co-creators since college and so it was in Since college. Yeah, like okay. 15 to 16 years he worked on it and people would ask him about it. And he would say that uh, he, he wasn't really confident that it would ever get made because of the world being so big and because TV was different at that time. Of course. But, yeah. Uh, no, this definitely feels like a new age television. Like this kind of been made 10 years ago. I it, it's think. a gritty fantasy series, right? Yeah. I mean, it also is just action packed as well. You have you follow a ton of different characters. I mean, just to name a few, you have Vignette, Rycroft Phyllis 
Illustrate, Black Raven, Una, Jonah, Sophie, Moworthy, Imogen, Agrius. And again, those aren't even all the people that are in this uh, yeah, show. Yeah, I didn't even bother rest- listing the recurring cast because of how many uh, regular cast there are. You said Imogen, Agrius, Ezra, Tourmaline. The names are very interesting as well. Yeah, Tourmaline has her own storyline in this episode. She's like apparently about to get superpowers. I mean, this show just goes all over the place. But what I liked about it is that it's nicely structured. It never felt like it really? was too much information was being... Well, it, it felt like at points too much information was being thrown at you. But it was like easy to follow and it always kept my attention. Give me a synopsis of maybe the show in general and then a synopsis of only these two episodes. Okay, so there is a war about to break out between the Pact and the Fawn. And the Fawn are these people that are like fairies i think that you can also throw in just kind of any type of mythical human sized fairies human sized fairies you also have people that have horns uh i'm not really sure like werewolves as well just a ton of different mythical creatures and then you have some people like rycroft philostrate the main character as we said orlando bloom and he's one of those people that actually side with the fawn the pact are these evil people uh we have jonah as an antagonist then we have sophie who's kind of controlling jonah's actions that's more this season and yeah the fays are treated unfairly against normal so the everyday Fae people. are definitely the pixies and the fawn are the ones with the big old horns uh yeah well no i think i think the fawn are the pixies as well the pact is just the evil villains gotcha. that want to that want to just destroy like all of them that's why the fawn are living in these like very poor areas well i had read that there was like a very big division between the fey and the um the, the ones with the horns like they, they did not get along especially in the like the original part pa- possibly i mean like i said i only saw like the there's a classist thing between the two yes absolutely that's something that i think goes throughout the whole entire series but then in yeah this first episode of season two we have and yet i think that this was probably last season she joined a revolutionist group run by this guy named the black raven mm-hmm. um they're kind of double agents uh well the main character is a double agent he's an inspector rycroft Philostrate, because the pack thinks that he's working for them but really he is in love with vignette and i think that last season they got together and so therefore yeah, he's fine they, with they, them even in the pilot which you watched right they like they already had an ongoing relationship yeah and they were just like they were solving a murder or something and that's when they first got back together yes but, exactly. like even before that they had been together and then you have Millworthy as well he's trying to help aid the phase but he's a human and, and rycroft and him are kind of working together then we have jonah our evil character uh yeah again he secretly has his strings pulled by either his wife or his evil girlfriend sophie as they just keep on mistreating phase we even see a couple phases in the first episode of this season get their heads completely decapitated like he is just not wanting to give the phase any room he, he basically just wants to wipe them out mm-hmm. in the end and then uh yeah because of this uh train robbery that happens in the very beginning of the episode there was a dead officer this is more towards the end of the first episode that uh the pact kind of wants to investigate because he again was an officer of theirs and they think that the phase did it and uh and so they assign rycroft philostrate <laughs> to, to like look into the murder and of course she's working with vignette and there's all these kind of different questions going on all the while tourmaline uh this i believe vignette's friend is someone who gets weird visions and like i said might have superpowers her eyes are turning like blue and she's like prophetic visions like she can see the future yeah yeah yeah. and she like gets visions and she's even seen rycroft like shoot a gun at certain points just just a kind of like a couple different things and then imogen and agrius this is the first time we see them in the first episode it ends with them they are on a ship 
and uh, right as they walk out after they have a little talk, they see that a packed uh, blimp is on top of them or an airship, and they're like, pull over immediately because they're just about to dock. So, so if you were to s- summarize that into like one sentence, what would you say that this world is trying to do? Is it trying to represent like current issues in a mythological sense, or is it? I mean, I would, at... I would say, I would say that, but also I think that this is also like an adventure. This is also for just entertainment purposes. Okay, but it doesn't seem like it's leading to one specific direction. That it's no, going... there's there's multiple different things that are going on. Gotcha. In fact, in the second episode, Rycroft Phillips... It's not like Lost where they're all trying to get off the island. No, this is like you have a ton of different... It's almost like The Expanse, but I'd say even more complex in the sense of all the characters being in different places. Sure. We even are... Uh, apparently, Absalom breaks spears. That was a person, I guess, from the first season is Rycroft Philostrates. Uh, he, that's his father. Okay. And apparently, it's going to be a big deal because at this banquet filled with pack members and huge ambassadors that are going to be there he's going to reveal that to them i didn't th- oh, oh okay yes yes i did read a little bit about this so um philo or how do you say his name philostrate right yeah Philo's okay right. so orlando bloom's character he finds out um at the end of last season or something that he is half fey oh okay that makes a lot more sense now because this whole entire episode they never they never like pointed it out they never said why it was a but if that gets out then obviously it's a conflict of interest and that's why vignette in this episode is so against it like they're having an argument at the very beginning of the second episode i was like what's going on here but Mm -hmm. yeah rycroft he's going to say at this banquet again filled with pack members just that he's that yeah that he was absalom breakspear's son and apparently millworthy again one of the other humans who was kind of fighting along with the phase is really in support of this Mm -hmm. so that that's one thing going on then we get uh, a main storyline with Imogen and Agrius. We only got a scene with them in the first episode, but their storyline deals with that they are split up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like evil cops. There's one evil cop that I didn't get the name of, but uh, but Imogen, she's supposed to be royalty in the place where she's originally from, and she's taken to like a weird, strange house where there's a woman named Leonora, and then Agrius, he witnesses all of his captains on the ship being killed, and he's almost killed until someone steps in and is like, no, 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 no you shouldn't kill him. They're there so what's going on there and then uh yeah but how can you how can you even enjoy the show if you're that confused like if you obviously if you've seen the first full season do you think that you had been um at least prepared for this yeah i think i would have but it's it's always entertaining that's the thing so it doesn't matter if you understand it you just like the spectacle of it what did you think of the like the way the mythical creatures looked and that they were represented yeah no so one big positive for this is that the show looks very realistic and the cinematography and also just yeah the makeup department for everybody they looked real like in the first episode i didn't even talk about this reminded me a lot of the mandalorian season two's opening because rycroft illustrated the first time we see him is he's in this wrestling ring with Mm -hmm. all these uh different phase around him and they're all wanting him to die because they just see a human and they're like no like we we absolutely want him to get it reminds me a little bit of like warrior because there was that downtown underground fighting ring that they had going on and he's fighting for money here right right yeah well actually that's what they think he's fighting for but he has to fight this like huge troll it's mm-hmm. like 10 feet high it reminded me almost oh he's of, done that since like lord of the rings it, 
<laughs> well, it reminded me a lot of almost, uh, this is a strange comparison, but Batman, the Arkham games. Oh. Whenever Batman has to face these, like, huge creatures and these underground wrestling ranks, and he's able to do so. And, yeah, he, he's about to get, like, the owner of the ring is about to give him money, but instead Rycroft asked for one big favor. Mm-hmm. And, and that favor was? We don't know. He just needs it, apparently. We don't know that until, the, like, throughout the second episode. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's ever said. Okay. Um, but at well, that, who's your favorite character? Was he your favorite character by the end probably, of Probably, yeah. I hadn't seen Orlando Bloom in a long time, so seeing him just show up, not only in the first two episodes here, but also in the pilot, I was like, oh, okay, he's almost going back to his Pirates of the Caribbean route. So, so comparing these first two episodes to the pilot, though, what was the main difference? Did you see a tonal difference? Uh, did you see, like, did the visuals look different at all? Did the characters seem like they had changed very much. I wouldn't say the characters had changed, but the arcs, kind of like you were talking about, the character arcs seemed completely different. Like the first episode, uh, from what I remember in the pilot, and that one is a little bit more foggier, but I believe it's just like Rycroft, and he doesn't even know Vignette is alive. Yeah. And then like he, he so learns about it. So you would say that their it. romance has evolved. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, the it recaps at the beginning of this episode, in the first episode in season two, it was unlike Netflix where you couldn't just skip it. It was actually ingrained in the episode, but it was its own separate thing. And, and I was seen all these different plot points happen Mm -hmm. some of the episode one was mixed in there but eight episodes of plot and i was just like i I was like this show must have just so much lore behind it Mm -hmm. um i'll finish up with the second episode so at the banquet right before rycroft says his truth right before he's about to let out the truth black raven and vignette break in through the roof and in front of everyone show the sick patient that we've seen i think at least in the first episode definitely in the second named una just to show that the fairies or you know the fawn are being mistreated and uh and like all the pack members just can't look because they're like so sickened at what they see by una she's obviously very sick she's very veiny i believe she's black raven's um love like maybe wife something like that okay and what happens is yeah one of the uh police members takes out a gun and just shoots Una right there and she ends up dead I was a little surprised that the <laughs> that the police officer was just gonna let the fawn like Black Raven and Vignette kind of run away but that's what happens everyone scatters and for the most part oh yeah also Imogen and Agrius are meet up again in the second episode apparently they're just gonna have to live with a different family that's kind of where the episode ends but overall, like I said, this was shot like a movie. It gets you most invested because it looks nice like that. And I was just like, yes, this is this is a show that I was not actually really expecting that much from. Didn't know what to expect. But what I saw, I was like, yes, they, they did a very good job. And I have multiple um, things that this is like comparisons. Okay, go for it. So, yeah, the lore in the show, I can favorably compare to Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon because it very much ropes you in. How about The Witcher? The Witcher, yeah. As I've only seen one episode of The Witcher, but yeah. from what I remember, yes, very much so. Also, oddly enough, the costumes and the way that they were dressed, the mysterious Benedict Society, which if you remember... Fancy. Obvi- yeah, fancy, but obviously that's a kid's show, but just yeah, the way in which they dress, kind of very old-timey, reminded me of that. Shadow and Bone as well. I only ever saw the first episode of that, but I know that deals with kind of war and warring factions, correct? Sure, the folklore behind it, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. Also, like the Dickensian um, way that... He, like, what was it, the Irregulars? Did it also yeah. look like that? a little right bit. yeah the, i would say clothes. so it's very gray <laughs> that, that's what like the overtone of this show is uh-huh um did it remind you at all of like horror series that you've watched like the lovecraft uh county or country right and then um not lovecraft country the walking dead though because they do show fawns in fact that's how the second episode and some fawns that we got to know in the second episode have fawns 
fawns, I think. Okay. Uh, they have their head on pikes. Oh. And so, yeah, and, and the people that were decapitated in the first episode that Jonah kind of executed, they have their head on pikes as well. Obviously, that was very similar to the Walking Dead episode. That what about happened. Wheel of Time? Wheel of Time was my next similarity. It's very similar in tone. Very similar in tone. Brandon Sanderson could have ruined this, and, and I would have been surprised. I yeah. should have added that as one of the things of how it got made. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks yeah, it looks like a cross between his Dark Materials and The Witcher. That's why I ran down here, and then also I guess threw in the fact that yeah, it, it does deal with kind of um like politics a little bit. Them District Nine, District Thirteen, Zootopia. Yeah, what did you think of the parallels or mirrors that it held up to like social racism, immigration issues that we see today? Uh, again, it really was. It feels, I, that's my most educational question. <laughs> to ask but yeah no seeing the just seeing i think was there anybody who was like don't move here yeah i mean it was almost like that with the fawns like the humans are are represented except for the main characters rycroft are, are represented as like very bad people they will just blame anything on the fawns they don't want them moving anywhere that's why they're in such poor districts i see vignette a lot of the time in the first two episodes just walking through this place and it goes to show that where they're living with the fawns are they're just crowded it's it's like overpopulated there people are bathing in the streets really disgusting i thought that I did a good job being able to kind of show those social political issues okay all right um the negative reviews for it do you want to hear what those have said in the past sure, yeah. all right they've blamed the pacing the lack of focus they've said there's been tone inconsistency um a balance of dark themes and romance and fantasy that just don't blend particularly well that they have unexplored themes that it lacks some of the nuance when it tried to go after things like racism or classism yeah. and then it lacks some originality because of how much it was pulling from other folklore and stuff those were all the negative ones it also has positive stuff that's that's been said of like having a good blend of genres being ambitious complex characters and a huge world build that just came out of this one person's brain as yeah. opposed to like just yeah as i was saying they're borrowing well going back to the negative reviews that you were talking about everything you said except for maybe the socio-political like uh things that they were doing i felt like that was more just kind of that was more in the background than it is for a lot of different tv so you shows. disagree with the negative reviews Wait, for, for the that most part. part no no but all the other stuff that you mentioned the oh the pacing talking about that? That is 100% so you do on point. Agree that yes. it, so you don't agree that it was too hard-hitting on the racial or uh, political issues, but you right. do do find issues with the pacing. Yeah, I mean, the show can have really boring parts. like, And it feels like it's a bit full of itself as well. It never slows down with any of the lingo or lore. And like I was talking about before, me not understanding season one was a huge difficult problem. How about, how about the beginning intro that it did where it tried to give you a filler up? I mean, that didn't do anything as well. It was too confusing? Yeah, and just multiple scenes of characters saying the same thing over and over again uh like i like i was saying that rycroft when he's fighting with vignette about it, that truth in the second episode is just like that that's almost every single scene so it's somehow them. repetitive but at the same time um very confusing yeah and it feels like it's trying to be this grand story but it's like i it really when it comes down to it it's just two warring factions uh, building up for what i assume is going to be a fight later on in the season it doesn't feel like it's actually anything too special there hmm. so but those are all my 
my cons for the show. Overall, yeah. I do think that this show absolutely passes. Like, I would give what it a give 7.5 it? out of 10. 7.5. Um, it does, also another con a little bit, is the fact that it tries to be dark, like, really dark in certain parts. But it's like, now a 13-year-old. So the tonal imbalance, you're yeah, going to that. A 13-year-old could watch this. It would be completely fine. It's, yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that they made the show in, like, 2017 or 2018. They they wrapped in 2018 but it wasn't released until a year later and then it took through a pandemic before they were ever able to release a second season and that also took almost a year of development right i remember i was looking this up and so, i did see 2019 normally i yeah. would blame you for not having watched the first season and then criticizing the show about it being too confusing or not understanding stuff but because i feel like a lot of the fans who are jumping into this might not remember the details or might be vague because they did you know the recap feels like it didn't feel like one of those recaps where you remember every single thing it felt like it was there for people to be like oh i kind of remember that i kind of remember this all this different stuff it, it didn't feel like it was truly like yeah yeah it just seems weird that like originally when the show was shot orlando bloom was 42 years old cara Delevingne was like mid-20s he, he doesn't look 42 in this well now he's like 46 wow. that's the thing <laughs> it's only been in its second season and he's aged five years i don't know if that's apparent this, in the show at okay all. so the so i remember on imdb it says 2019 to 2023 and i took that and i thought that i remember saying it on the poster as well but is this the final season or no is yeah this... the second season was confirmed but then also restricted to this is going to be the end so they've released the first two episodes and they'll continue i think the first season was all released together however mm. um this the story behind a lot of this stuff is pretty interesting the celtic mythology that uh beecham took in the fact that like fey women have short hair as opposed to uh like and then the men have long hair and then that's kind of reversed <laughs> in humanity and it's, yeah they, he definitely put a lot into his thinking behind it decider said that you should definitely watch it if you liked season one, which is the <laughs> safest review I've ever heard. You can give something. Will, if here, you already enjoyed the show, then yes, no, watch I can, it. Here's the thing. I can understand where they're coming from. I would not recommend just jumping into season two. I'd recommend if you like the show, yeah, I'd, I'd watch the full first season. So will you ever go back and watch the first season? Uh, probably not because I have so many other shows I would watch, but maybe one day out. Yeah. I was a little disappointed because when I first saw the cover for this, and I remember I watched the first like 10, 20 minutes of the pilot when it came out four years ago. Don't ask me about it because all I remember <laughs> was that there were fairies in it. <laughs> yeah. But it, like, it became so apparent so quickly that it wasn't, even though it had the coolest special effects and the visuals and stuff, the story just didn't have the same sort of like Game of Thrones compact it knew what its message was for those first few seasons like it felt I, like it was yeah. just going in every direction and that yeah maybe there's a murder that they're trying to solve but it, it but that there was just too much else going on i would I, I would agree with that i would also kind of compare it to wheel of time like i felt the same way where it was like but you yeah. liked wheel of time to the point where you were going to continue to watch yeah it. but really i felt that the wheel of time was unfocused and i feel i see the same unfocusedness in carnival row yeah, because it, it just feels like there's so many different storylines going on. In fact, Imogen and Agrius' storyline, like that one to me was the most boring, and they spend a long time on it in episode two. Tourmaline, I mean, I assume that when she gets her powers or whatever it is, it's going to be interesting, but her her scenes, I feel like, could be cut. They, have, feel, a, they it, have a huge cast, and they, these are like really talented actors, but maybe the, it comes down to, like, do you care if anyone besides the main two characters die? No, not really. See, that might be the issue. Like, most shows, especially fantasy, 
fantasy shows, they work so hard on trying to get you to fall in love with the characters. Yeah. And yeah, we have to give uh, account that you didn't watch the first season. Mm. But again, it didn't seem like those from the first two episodes that you were like that indebted into these other That's people. That's all on it, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye. Bye.